we're gonna ask you to essentially write um, your like bio for your Wikipedia page. It doesn't need to relate specifically to hockey, but if you were writing your own Wikipedia page, what would your like entry sentence be? My own Wikipedia page, okay. Um, would Wikipedia, Justin Scott, what does it say? It would probably say um, six year forward for the Cleveland Monsters, Toronto area native. You know what? I barely look at Wikipedia. Well, hello again, Monsters fans, and welcome to another edition, the eighth episode of the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by our friends at PropSwap. Talk a little bit more about PropSwap in a minute, but happy as always to be joined by my co-host, Nicole Belvolano. I'm Tony Brown, but Nicole, back at it here, and a, a great guest today in Monsters Forward, Justin Scott, Mr. Monster himself, carved out some time for us. So excited to get into that in just a minute here. Yeah, Mr. Monster, he got that title, hitting some other milestones coming up. So he's just always a great guy to talk to. So I'm glad we got him on the podcast. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was great stuff. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute. We want to talk, as always, about what's happened recently on the ice with the Monsters, just sort of catch everybody up on where the team is at right now is we're just about halfway, at least it feels like it, about halfway through the season. A uh, whole lot of hockey left to be played for sure, but um, the Monsters uh, coming into a big homestand. We'll touch on that too in just a minute. First, though, want to remind you guys about our great presenting partners at PropSwap. Uh, PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The football playoffs are here and prop swappers are cashing in. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales, a loyalty rewards program that turns your sales into extra bonus cash, and much more. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. All right, Nicole. So uh, the Monsters are recently coming off a tough road trip. Let's not uh, sugarcoat it there. It was it was tough on Monday. We're recording this on the 27th, so Thursday, uh, 27th of January. But on Monday, the 24th, uh, the mm -hmm. Monsters were in Wilkes-Barre for the first time. Little makeup game from an earlier COVID postponement and a 5-1 loss there. And then uh, just a couple of days later, Wednesday, the 26th in Syracuse, uh, Monsters dropped that game by, by a final score of 3-1. So Cleveland right now uh, is 13-14-4-3. So just under the 500 mark, they're in sixth place in the North Division standing. So just a, outside one spot outside the playoffs right now, uh, still 42 games left on the schedule. Only 34 have been played, so a long way to go and the homestand too, but let's just be honest. That was a bit of a tough road trip through Cleveland. Yeah, there's definitely a long way to go. I feel like that's the biggest part of the season is you hit ruts, you hit good points, you hit all over. But, you know, I think we saw, we got Foodie back, we got Christensen back. So we're starting to see some players come back to us. I'm ever the Pollyanna trying to find the positives. The <laughs> pressure looked really good. I was, there were a lot of good offensive pressure moments in both the games. So I'm thinking uh, we'll just start getting gelling together again. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean to paint a dire picture again, these <laughs> things happen throughout the season, but uh, you know, I, I, I think especially that game in Wilkes-Barre didn't go the way Cleveland yeah. was hoping for it to go, um, but a great chance to bounce back. So uh, let, let's also mention the fact that 
Um, you know, lately here, Brendan Gauntz has absolutely caught fire. He uh, scored again on Wednesday in Syracuse. So he's up to 15 goals, 26 points in 34 games this year to lead uh, all monster skaters. So he has been a really bright spot. And what's really uh, important coming up for Cleveland, seven consecutive home games. I can't tell you how excited uh, I am. And I'm sure the rest of the team is to get off the road and to settle in at home and hopefully make some hay. Uh, with a couple of three and threes at home the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, we didn't see that at all in the last season schedule, just with how scheduling went for COVID. So it's been a while since we've had a stretch of games like this at home. So I know that's something that I've heard the guys talk about. Justin was talking about with me just being home, being able to sort of get in a groove a little bit more. And, you know, as always, just being in front of our fans. You don't realize sometimes how much the fans really can you know, you get the noise and everything, but especially ours, just having them around, it'll be great. It'll be nice. So many home games. Yeah. The monsters uh, in their most recent home game, big winners over Rochester, seven to three, the game prior to that uh, Cleveland uh, dropped one to the uh, Amherst, but 92 53 was the attendance. So that was the yeah. biggest crowd of the year. And we're getting into that sweet spot in the schedule where the fans really come out um, and really support the club. So looking for our first five digit attendance, uh, crowd of the year, we hope at some point in this, uh, seven game homestand and boy, it, it's been fun to just hear the field house, uh, you know, especially after we've been through all this COVID stuff and last year, um, you know, with, without fans and, and just, you know, it feels like we're getting back to what the industry and what the atmosphere should be like. And, um, I, I just can't wait to get back at it. Yeah. You know, one thing, our last home game, we haven't gotten to talk about it on the podcast. I know we've talked about it in person, but can we just talk about the fact we had two half tracks in a home game? Like I've never seen that before. Pretty sure every time we asked one of the guys or the coaches, they said they've never seen it before. What a cool experience. Yeah, I, I can't remember either if I've ever seen two hat tricks for the same team in the same game. I think I've maybe seen one where guys on each team had a hat trick, but uh, yeah, uh, Trey Fix Polanski has been on fire since he's returned to the lineup. He had just a little brief injury absence. I think he missed three games with a little finger problem, but uh, right back in there and contributing. And then of course, Brendan Gauntz, we yeah. all already talked about, uh, had a hat trick too. So um, yeah, that's great. And, and really, uh, you know, Cleveland has shown they've got the offensive talent to really, yeah. really put the puck in the net. Uh, so hopefully they can get into a groove here and do plenty of that in this homestand. Um, but that's enough of that. Let's get to our excellent guest. Justin Scott is with us. The guy who's played more games in a monsters uniform than anyone else in the history of the club. We talked about a lot of great stuff with Scotty on the ice, off the ice, uh, flashback to the Calder cup days, uh, as he was around the team, he wasn't, you know, on the ice during that run, but, um, you know, what a way to, to get your start in pro hockey. So we talked about all that. And after a quick break, we'll be back with Justin Scott here on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. All right, Scotty, let's dive right into this. Uh, really do appreciate you taking the time to join us today. You know, we've talked a lot about your time in Cleveland. We talked about your career and all that stuff, but I want to go way, way back to the very beginning for you. Um, of course, you grew up in the Toronto area, so you grew up around hockey. I'm sure hockey was a big deal to, to kids all over the place uh, in your neighborhood and all that stuff. But just take us back to your very early days with the game. When did you get started and, and how did you get into hockey and, uh, you know, find out that, hey, maybe this is something I want to do with my life? 
I got started when I was about five or six, I want to say, and I, it was it was pretty organic and natural. There was no pressure from from my parents or anything. Uh, my uh, my parents didn't play hockey. Not much in the family hockey wise. I know my cousins were playing hockey at the time, but I just took a took a big interest in it. So it started off five or six, you know, on the, the front driveway, and then my dad would always you know make a hockey rink in the back, and um, that's when I kind of knew I I really enjoyed it. I'd be be in the backyard for you know all night if I could and started off in for the single A program in, in Burlington, which was just truly enjoying it. Played two years there and then made the jump to to a higher team and you know played my minor hockey in Burlington, Ontario. So so when you were growing up, who uh did you like look up to or who did you enjoy watching like player wise, team wise? Yeah. I always liked Ovechkin, he was really flashy. And, you know, like his first couple of years was like, I would have been nine, 10, 11, probably. And one Christmas, I remember my, uh, my parents got me, uh, it was like a boxing day game in Buffalo. Uh, against the, the Capitals and Ovechkin had a hat trick and he was just running around. That's when he was just, you know, hitting guys and, and playing that kind of a style. And I mean, that's the, that's the standard, uh, you know, superstar answer. But, you know, I also liked watching the Leafs a lot and Matt Sundin, Darcy Tucker, Shane Corson, those kind of guys. So growing up, did you go to a lot of Toronto games or a lot of Buffalo games? Because you're sort of right in the middle of them. Honestly, I probably went to more Buffalo games. It was just, you know, Toronto, like the, the price of tickets and like the tea. I, I don't know. It just it just felt like. Yeah, I think it was just easier to to make the trip to to Buffalo rather than you know in the city from from where I am. It's if you if you're driving and going into a game, it could take you two and a half hours, three hours, and then if you're going to Buffalo from where I am, it's it's an hour. So you mentioned your family there. You said like you know they're not huge into hockey when you were growing up and stuff, but we know if you're going to make a career, make a life out of playing hockey, you have to have a ton of support. And I know your family's very supportive of you. had a chance to talk with them when you broke the record in Toronto earlier in the season. So that's awesome. But just, uh, you know, how how did they support you growing up? I mean, I, I just would imagine without them jumping in with two feet, you wouldn't have been able to do this. No, exactly. Thanks for asking that question. Also, they're big fans of you, Tony. They, uh, they love watching the game. So, uh, but yeah, no, they, like you said, very supportive parents, you know, didn't, didn't push anything on me that I didn't want to do. It was all natural. And, you know, I always played uh, baseball in the summer and then hockey in the winter. And it just kind of, until it got to the age of, I want to say 14, when I, when I decided to stick with hockey and, but no, they, they were always great. And just giving me, giving me the options and, you know, sacrificing a lot, you know, you don't, quite realize it when you're younger but just with work getting home from work early taking me driving me a couple hours could be could be anywhere or just just putting me in the in the sports uh I'm definitely grateful for off that you know we've all talked about it but just how perfectly it worked out that you hit the most games played in Monsters franchise history in Toronto and then being able to come see it so off of all you just said how much it means to you how much did it mean to you that that was the place it got to happen and so much of your family got to come see it yeah that was that was crazy. You know, I, I knew going into the game, it was, you know, it was very special. I mean, we only play in Toronto three times a year. We've probably only played them nine times in my whole career in Toronto, I would say roughly, but obviously having family, friends there to support the game. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, cliche, like everything happens for a reason. I, I was talking to Tony the other day and Toronto's definitely like my favorite place to play on the road. So that was very special for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was uh that, that was a wild day, but, but really, I mean, you know, it, it's, 
it's not just that game. It's not just the record. I mean, you know, it's just kind of a reminder, I guess, of your journey uh, uh, with Cleveland. I mean, you know, like we just talked about the other day, being in one place is cool and all that. But but when you really think six years into your time with the Monsters, like, you know, what is this opportunity? What has it meant to you to play in this city? And also take us back at the end of your junior career. How'd you end up uh, with the Monsters? What was that like when you were wrapping up with the Barry Colts, looking for your next option? How did you end up being a black ace uh, in the Calder Cup year? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of an unconventional, you know, my career wasn't didn't necessarily in junior, you know, start off with 20, 30 goals. It was it was always uh, putting in the work and getting rewarded. And, you know, I felt like I had to earn every single time, every, every single minute of, of ice time in Barry. And, you know, Dale Howard Chuck did a great job. And one thing I can say in Barry is like, we always had a good team and there's always good players and you could always, uh, you know, if you wanted to be a sponge, just look around the room, Shifley, Ekblad, Athanasiu, ton, tons of good players, always, always on the team. And then, yeah, the last year, it kind of just, we were going to the playoffs and, uh, you know, I was looking at potentially some, some school options and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I, but I, I knew it was obviously the end of, uh, end of my junior career and just had a, had a good playoff run with the team and was able to score some goals. And then that opened up the, put up some doors and Columbus was one of the teams that showed a lot of interest. So signed with signed with Columbus during the playoff run. It would have been after the, I want to say, or during the second round of the playoffs, we ended up losing in the third round. And then the timing was was pretty interesting because I wasn't sure. I knew Columbus, I think, was done for the year. I think it was that point. Um, Cleveland was going into the second round of playoffs. And Bill Zito called me at the time and said, uh, told me uh, I was going to join the team. And that was that was surreal and kind of just from the first day and just saw how professional that whole coaching staff, the team. And I kind of knew it was, it was weird because it was, you know, just stepping into a new locker room. You, you weren't really sure. I haven't been around pro hockey, but I knew something was definitely special with the group. And I think that, you know, it couldn't have been a better start for uh, myself just being around. I didn't play any games. I think I warmed up in a couple playoff games for the monsters, but just seeing that team being around the guys and seeing that in the finals, that the sold out crowd and just the, the winning culture and the way things are just how to win was, was definitely very cool. And I think that started off uh, my career in Cleveland with, you know, that's, that's the goal, right. Is, is to win. And I think, that was an awesome start for me. So, yeah, I know you got to follow up here, Nicole, but just, yeah. uh, just to piggyback on that for a second, like, you know, it's such a rare setting to find yourself in, right? I mean, like, you know, it's not, often on a year to year basis, you're going to be around a championship team, uh, you know, unless you're really, really lucky, but um, just to soak up sort of what that feels like, you know, the energy in the building and, and how serious the rest of the team is taking it. And what uh, Jared Bednar, the, the coach at the time was laying down, uh, you know, from his perspective, I mean, it just had to be, you know, even for me, like, I just remember thinking like, Oh, wow, this is a special thing. I better really pay attention because you never know when this sort of environment is going to present itself. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up. No, I, I totally agree. I, I, the second I got here, it was, you know, I just wanted to learn the pro style, the pro game. And also like, just like you said, it was special. And I think that really helped me being around the team. I tried to soak everything in. It really helped me going into my first year with just, just to get it off on the right, right. Uh, start and championship team, you can soak everything in. And it, it, yeah, it was very cool. So, you know, sort of off that, there's a good chunk of guys from that championship team that are still with the organization, whether it's bogey coaching or galley. And not only that, but even just in the past few years, I feel like our team's had a good core group of guys that are have been with the team for a while, which isn't something you always see in the league. So 
who are some players that you've like made close connections to helped you sort of get into the pro hockey a bit from the start? Um, like you said, you got bogey, you got uh Thies, you got galley, though, you know, those are character guys that are, that are obviously still around for a reason. And, you know, like it makes my day when I see Brad at the rink. I don't know about you guys, but um, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. he uh, but no, it's, it's great. Yeah. Like you said, um, some guys I still keep in touch with though, you know, you know, a guy like Nathan Gerby, he was, he was impactful when he was here. He's a good friend of mine. So um, that's just one off the top of my head, but yeah, like you said, it's been good. Uh, Cleveland, uh, you know, they're a loyal organization and you know, they, they keep guys around that they, that they want, they, that they want. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's been great. And yeah, just reflecting on that playoff run, you know, Vogie, you know, seeing, seeing, uh, you know, he was a very impactful player on that team and, and same with Galley, same with Feast, And it's, it's just cool to see that they're still around. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit too about uh, just your specific game. Like, you know, every player when they're growing up, they might be a certain type of player, right? You might have in your mind, oh, I'm going to project to the next level to, to do these things, XX next. But as you grow throughout your career and as you, um, you know, find your niche and find your role, maybe you end up being a, a different kind of role than you thought you would be, right? So how has your game kind of evolved, do you think, from the time when, uh, you know, even in juniors or, or when you're just breaking into pro, to today and, and how has, uh, you know, how have you refined basically what you're bringing to the table? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point. I, I don't think everyone can be 50 goal scorers. Otherwise that'd be an interesting hockey game, but personally myself, like, you know, I like to be a, a two-way player and that's something that, um, you know, maybe in junior, especially the last couple of years, you know, you're, you're scoring more goals. So you're obviously leaning towards that. But the second you get into pro hockey, you know, you need to take pride in, in being a two-way, two-way player for myself, for my situation. You know, I, I, I think if I was lacking on the defensive end, I would probably not be playing as much. And I know the team, uh, you know, we have a lot of skill and a lot of, a lot of good players and, um, you know, anyone can fill any role really, but uh, for myself personally, I like to take pride in, in being a, a good 200 foot player. And then also, obviously, as these, the years are gone, years keep going, you know, just keep adding different tools to the toolbox. Personally, I feel like I can be more offensive and, you know, create more chances. And that's something that, you know, you're obviously working at and try and get better every day, work on your shot, work on your different things that you're seeing. And, and right now is an interesting time where it's, we're just playing a lot of hockey. So probably the best time of the year, you know, not as many practices, more games, and it's going to be nice. This, this little stretch here being at home for seven games. I think it is. We're talking here with Justin Scott on our monsters. I view podcast eighth episode. We're presented by prop swap prop swaps, where America buys and sells sports bets. The football playoffs are here. Prop swappers are cashing in, find the best odds on prop swap. When you buy directly from other betters, go to PropSwap.com or download the free prop swap app quick. Uh, seeing as we mentioned the football playoffs there, you got a super bowl pick Scotty. Let's go Bengals. I think, uh, All right. <laughs> Cincinnati fan as of a week and a half ago when I got him in the, the playoff pool, but I don't want the chiefs to win. I think bills would have been, been my team, but um, yeah, I think the Cincinnati Bengals for sure. Got to represent Ohio. Did you get to watch that game with the bills, especially growing up so close to Buffalo? What was that game like watching it? Cause it was crazy watching it. It was, it was insane. Yeah, no, we were watching it. Where were we? We were in uh, the Wilkes. Right? That was Wilkes. Yeah, right? we had just got was, to yeah, Wilkes. That was yeah. su Sunday in Wilkes. Yeah, no, that was, it's unfortunate the way that game ended, the coin toss. But yeah, I know a bunch of my, my friends and, and family and, and, you know, that area, they're very disappointed. But how, you know, Josh Allen had a great, 
great playoff run, great season. I think they're, I think they're okay coming down the stretch. Right. So going back real quick, you mentioned playing in front of the fans and the fans have seen you for years and you're such a fan favorite, but what is, let's shift off the ice a little. What is something that the fans would not know about you? Something the fans wouldn't know about me off the ice. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if they'll, I'm not sure if they would know. Um, just this summer, I completed that fire, that firefighting course that was in the Toronto area. And that was something that, you know, when COVID first hit, you know, we had the eight months, eight months of, of off time. And, you know, obviously like gearing up for the season, gearing up for the season, and it kept on getting delayed, delayed, delayed. You know, it's always, it's always nice to have, uh, some options as to what you want to do. And at the end of the day, hockey isn't the only thing in the world and you got to branch out. And I think, uh, that's what I signed up to the firefighting course. I think that's something that I've always kind of wanted to do, you know, eventually. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, that was, that was the time to do it. So I'm going to give you one more Cleveland based question too. So when you come back for the season, what is like the first place you go to eat when you get back into the Cleveland area? That's a great question. I mean, I would probably say, um, town hall. Oh, that's a good place. I agree. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Great, that great entire food, great. Yeah. Town hall. I pr- can answer that very quickly. I get you an endorsement deal, man. <laughs> man, I pretty much. Yeah, you should. Cause I put enough money into that place. There you go. <laughs> well, what do you say, Nicole, should we transition here into uh so Scotty, this is our sig- signature segment on the podcast. Nicole does it. It's called the shootout. So there are three right. questions, just like there's three rounds. It's kind of a quick hitter thing, but if you want to elaborate, go ahead. But she'll hit you with three questions here, and uh, that's how we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. So have at it Sounds there, good. Nicole. Okay, so first question. If you could pick any players, past or present, who would be on you for your dream line to play with? Dream line? That's a great question. Probably get some speed on on the wing. Probably get, like, Pavel Bure on the wing. Uh, nice. I don't know. That's just one of the first thoughts I had. Uh, right wing, great. we'll we'll go Ovechkin. I think that the three the three of us would be a pretty solid line. And you know, I was just talking about Ovechkin earlier. So, uh, and then on defense, or you want you want defense like you want the yeah, whole, I'll take it. Give Let's us everything. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Um, I mean, how do you you got to get Bobby Orr in there? Met him a few times. Subtle name drop. He's my agent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, who else back there? Maybe Mike Green when he was when he was on the uh, this that's a random one. But when he was on the was it the Capitals when he had thirty goals? Oh yeah, take a big shot. Take him on that. Yeah, he had some take huge him on that years. Year. Nice. And then uh, Curtis Joseph in the pipes. Okay, and and you're right down the middle there, Scotty. Uh, just I, I'm down pay. the I'm I'm <laughs> down the middle and let, letting everyone else do the work. <laughs> Sounds good. Enough, enough skill and ice. All right. Perfect. Uh, next one. <laughs> What's been your favorite hockey memory? Favorite hockey memory. Um, initially off the top of my head, I want to say like, I mean, this is a podcast, but Tony's background there is the, when they won the Calder cup that, that obviously was pretty cool just to see and, and be a part of, but I would also just say like the, that Toronto game was pretty special. Uh, and then also just like the, the, the games leading up to that. So maybe collectively that whole, just my time in Cleveland, I guess. All right. And I yeah. saved the toughest one for last year, but in your entire monsters career, what has been the favorite Jersey that you've ever worn with all those specialty jerseys? I would say uh, the lumberjacks. Nice. The lumberjacks That's, a jersey. That's a good answer. 
or or the uh, or the Cleveland Indians one. I don't know. We've had some very cool jerseys. You guys do a great job with that. But uh, the Lumberjacks one was cool. I, I think you were just excited to see Jock Callender fist pumping there after all his goals in the uh, videos. Oh, Lumberjacks that's, weekend. That's a, oh, Jock. Yeah, Jock was walking around with a high step through the room. That that, <laughs> that was a couple. I'm sure games. that he was. Oh well, good stuff. Hey, Nicole, yeah. that was pretty solid shootout, right? That there. was a great shootout. I loved it. What do you think yeah. of the shootout, Scotty? Or you you usually get in there right i you know what i i'm i'd love getting in there i'm uh kind of looking back hoping i'm hoping my name's called but uh yeah no that was a that was a great shootout hopefully uh hopefully we won there yeah i think we did i think we did well great stuff uh justin again thank you so much man for taking a few minutes to join us here no it's been a pleasure working with you through the years and uh you know i think it's fun for the fans to learn a little bit about you off the ice like i don't think a lot of people know that you you might have a future in firefighting so that's pretty cool and uh you know just uh good stuff so thanks again man uh we will catch up with you soon but we appreciate the time today appreciate it tony and nicole thank you all right Well, great stuff there from a great guy, Justin Scott, uh, beloved uh, and deservedly so by the Cleveland fans. And uh, same deal for all the folks that work for the team and the staff. Just a great guy to have in the room and and certainly a great guest here on the Monsters Eye View podcast. We're back alongside Nicole Delvolano, Tony Brown here with you. We're presented by PropSwap. PropSwap's where America buys and sells sports bets. The football playoffs are here and prop swappers are cashing in. Find the best odds on PropSwap when you buy directly from other bettors. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. So just wrapping it up there, Nicole, uh, you know, just a fun chat. I mean, that's a guy who's seen a lot of things uh, and has a great context uh, for for this Columbus affiliated era of the Monsters franchise history. A lot of great memories, uh, a lot of great games, and, and certainly he has sacrificed quite a bit for this organization and for the fans. Um, so, so I, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that. I did too. You know, he really went above and beyond in the shootout section too. It wasn't just a simple goal. He did a little fancy stuff getting there first. And I appreciated him, him building his dream, uh, dream team there of who he'd be playing with. So I, it would really enjoy talking to him today. Yeah. I always think it's fun to hear, uh, who, you know, the players looked up to when they were kids in the NHL. I mean, you know, it's, it kind of tells you what they were looking for. And for Scotty, I guess he was after some high end offense there with, uh, Number four, Bobby Orr and Ovechkin and, and that right? whole group he, he listed there. So fun stuff with Scotty. Great job, uh, Nicole, again this week. Thank you so much. Um, I guess that'll do it. Uh, so we'll get back at it here with another uh, episode. Episode number eight in the books. Episode nine is upcoming, but uh, great stuff, Nicole. Thank you for everything. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, that will do it for the most recent edition of the Monsters Eye View podcast. For Nicole Del Volano, I'm Tony Brown. We have been presented by PropSwap. We'll be back with you. Uh, Please uh, listen and subscribe. I always forget to mention that wherever you get your podcasts. This has been the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. So long, everybody. Monsters Eye View.